So, what do you remember from the last episode? Uh, well, oh, this guy with the walking stick. What's mm-hmm. the guy with the walking stick? Mr. Bates. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Bates, yeah. So, he, uh, he got employed and they're all, all the servants are very not happy with that. And then he's like, no, they're all unhappy and I'm shit, so I'm going to leave. But he, but then Hugh Bonneville's character, Lord Grantham. that one, he, uh, he comes like, like, no, you're not going anywhere. You're going to come back in. And they're all like, oh, no, we got, we got rid of him. <laughs> um, we had Daredevil as the gay person, as the Is gay. The um, Duke? He was a Duke, the yes. The Duke, yep. who destroys the, um, one of the servants' letters that uh, could have. Thomas. Yeah, Thomas's letters to him that he was holding as blackmail. And so we haven't seen any repercussions of that yet. And then nothing happened for the the other 50 minutes, apart from character introductions. That's about it, right? Yeah, that's about it. Down Under with Fee, KJ, and Bishan. We watched episode two of Downton Abbey. Titled episode two. Titled episode two, yes. And we open on Matthew and Isabel approaching Crawley House in the back of a chauffeured car. Matthew has apparently been grumbling the entire way up about how he doesn't want to be the Earl and inherit an absurd fortune in the first list of world problems. What um, What's that actor from, apart from the Australian version of Pointless? Where he is clearly the host. <laughs> um, uh, he's been in, like he was beauty, like he was the beast in Beauty and the Beast. I nearly said he was the Beauty in Beauty and the Beast. That would have now that would have been a film. Yeah. <laughs> I know his, those blue eyes though. He probably could pull it off. Um, do you want to get off his IMDb? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Um, you spend the first ten minutes of this podcast with- going. He's in this film. Oh, I like that. But what about this film? That's totally not on topic at all. But we do know Isabel from Doctor Who. Oh, Harry Jones, Prime Minister. Yes, Harry Jones, Prime Minister. Or MP for Flydale North. Which is the MP for Flydale North. Um, her particular platform was based on cottage hospitals, and you know what she becomes the chairman of in this episode? Spoilers! We haven't got to the end yet. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Best known for playing David in The Guest. Haven't seen it. Uh, Danny in Her Smell. Haven't seen it. Uh, he played Charles Dickens in A Man, The Man Who Invented Christmas. Haven't seen it. Uh, he was Will Porter in Kill Switch. Haven't seen it. I feel like I feel like Ishan should just go through the um, list and we'll like in a few he, moments have He played Sir Lancelot in Night at the Museum in Secret Tomb. Haven't seen it. <laughs> no. What's it what's the guy's name? I'm gonna do it and then I'm just gonna interject while you two talk about Dan it. Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. Yes. Alright. It's gonna be something like, oh he was a background extra in that show one time. Oh, he was in turning of the screen. No. No. I mean, the guy who is going to play the show for later, you will write Sense and Sensibility, he played Edward Ferris. No. Well, that's an arse thing. That's, that's an arse thing. That's <laughs> not a B-Shan thing. Damn. Mr. Mo- Mosley. I, I want to say Mosley. 
all of the time, and it's just because Mos- of where we live, but it's Molesley. Molesley. <laughs> Molesley. Mr. Molesley introduces himself as their butler and Matthew's valet, compound- compounding Matthew's discontent. <laughs> He, inter- he insists that his snobby new family will be trying to mitigate the embarrassment of the middle class relations that they need to introduce into their new society, which, I mean, they are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also the fact that he's very much like, yeah, I'm middle class and proud of it, and I don't want to be upper class. And then his mother also interjects and goes, but we are upper middle class. <laughs> Which is so not a thing. Well, <laughs> upper middle class was definitely a thing then, at least. That good, is true. Here's a good story. So, uh, future Mrs. Whenever I used to go around to future Mrs. Bichan's house for dinner when we were dating really early, uh, future Mrs. Bichan's mum thought I was fancy, and so we'd get out the, f- the good plates <laughs> when I came, I came around, and then met my mum and dad, and were like, "Yeah, no, nah, we're not doing that anymore. You can just have our place." <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing! Oh, bless Mel. <laughs> in the in the total like upper middle class type thing. That's fantastic. I think it, I think it was because you know making conversations like what is what what do your parents do? And I'm like, oh, dad's a uni professor, and mum's like a English as a second language teacher. It's like, shit, these are fancy. Oh my goodness, that's but, fantastic. No, but their son swears like a sailor. We cut to Cora and Robert discussing Matthew and Isabel's arrival. Cora still isn't resigned to the fact that Matthew is inheriting um, and she's still going to be fighting for for Mary. Mm-hmm. And Cora points out that nothing will be settled while his mother has anything to say about it. <laughs> while Matthew continues to make a terrible impression on the audience. Yeah, he doesn't do a good job. Yeah. Although, I, that would be me. If I was doing that, I was like, the fuck do I need you for? I can put my own coat on and get my own biscuits. Make my own tea. Make my own tea. Ridiculous. See, I I think this is where we differ because I'd be like, so, okay, I'm in this new situation and I'm going to go with it until, like, I, I, I really find something that I object to. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with it for a little bit and see how things are going and then be like, okay, this is where this sucks and I'm going to have to... Given us the 1920s, you'd find that very quickly, probably. Probably, yeah. 1910s. 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 It's that period of time that we don't really know what to call it, like when we had when we had the noughties back in. Edwardian? <laughs> yeah. Edwardian period? Oh, we are in the Edwardian period in this show. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, okay. While Matthew continues to make a terrible impression on the audience, Isabel is courteous and receptive to their new staff, and as soon as they're alone, Matthew resolves to fire Molesley, insisting that he has to be himself, which apparently he can't do with a butler. I would say, why can't um, you just extract all the good information from the butler then yeah, fire Yeah, him? exactly, which is like my next point. Apparently in this his week weeks-long tantrum, he hasn't considered that having a local man employed specifically to help you up to and including information about the local area might be useful. He's also a lawyer, and so they would want that. Yes. Generally, like, you know, for a yeah. case, like, it, it's in whatever. I need to know what the local law is, what local customs are to make a case. Yeah, and also, like, the local social dynamics as oh, well. Oh, yeah, that's true, like, too. You that's know, like... Point. Which are the prominent families? Which ones don't I piss off? Those sorts of things. Where's the good restaurants at? What's the shop we will go to? Yeah, exactly. Those sorts of things. The insider knowledge. 
I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, Mosley's entire job is to help him out with that, and he's like, no, no, I'm, I must do all of the things. I myself. do myself! <laughs> I am a man! Mosley's <laughs> like the trip advisor for that town. Yeah, before trip advisor was a thing. Yeah. Matthew also rants about how he absolutely will not be marrying one of the many daughters he expects will be foisted upon him just as Lady Mary is shown in to welcome them to the village. <laughs> And you can just tell by the hurting. look on his face that he's just going, oh shit, she's actually pretty hot. What the fuck have I just done? <laughs> just the squid went, oh no, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and Mary is also there to invite them to dinner, which just makes him seem even ruder. Like an absolute She's child. wearing a very fetching top hat Yes. in this scene. Yes, her, her, her riding habit, as, as Kayla told us. Why that was called cool. a habit. I don't know. I'll, I'll look into that. Because I thought, like, nuns have it. Like, yeah, yeah. okay. That's obviously some sort of, you know, religious garb. Yeah. But well, it's just the, the, hab- the habit is in reference to, like, the entire look, I guess. Yeah. Because, like, there's no particular part. Like, you know, the nuns have a veil and, like, you know, generally a uniform, and we call that uniform a habit. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I'm not sure where that where that comes in linguistically. But I think we'll Kelly's going to look that up <laughs> while we continue. Uh, Isabel offers Mary some tea, which she politely refuses, and then gives Matthew the best pointed look and says, I wouldn't want to push in. <laughs> <laughs> and I would die on a battlefield for Michelle Dockery. <laughs> oh, her eyebrows are just so on fleek to, to bear with So kids. much expression. <laughs> just... <sighs> Matthew follows her out to apologise and refi- receives a... Very classy. Oh, I'm not at all offended, but by all means, please continue to Lego to yeah. to play Legos with me. <laughs> Can I just interject? Because I just I just typed in why is a because I was about to put in why is a writing habit called a writing habit, and the first thing on like Google uh like Google what do you call it auto auto complete is why is a fire truck red, <laughs> and then the second is. Why is a fire engine red? What? I don't understand. So it matches the fire. <laughs> oh my god. What, you thought it would be green? So I Maybe it's like. A oh, unless it's. Thing? Yeah, or it's. Um, I thought it would be just that it's highly noticeable so people get the fuck out of the way. Maybe it changes colour depending on the type of fire, because you know in science how it's like copper burns green and all of that. So if it's a copper fire, it's a green truck, but most fire is red, so it's a red truck. Yeah, but then you've also got like the CFS that have white trucks with yellow on them. So what is that sort of one? I guess that stands out better against trees. Truth. Yeah, because <laughs> given that most of Australia is mostly red and orange, yeah. having an orange truck in the middle of a scrubby bit isn't going to be as... Noticeable. Yeah. Noticeable. Hmm. Interesting. Back on topic. <laughs> uh, Matthew follows her out to apologise and receives a very classy, Oh, I'm not at all offended, but by all means, please cross a Lego strewn room barefoot in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I um, perfectly understand. It's completely ridiculous. <laughs> that wouldn't work in their house because it's so big that you can, you probably, it'd be harder to step on Lego than it would be. Just, just, just step out more Lego. It, well, they are rich, aren't they? So I suppose they could, they could have all the Legos. <laughs> all, all possible Legos. All of the Legos. <laughs> the staff gossips about the new heir and his mother, and Gwen receives a mysterious package in the evening post. 
Mary finds out that Robert doesn't intend to bite the entail. (laughs) (laughs) No, who would want to murder that cute little housemate? Just a time state, just a time stamp this podcast. This is a guy that was trying to send asbestos through the mail to those embassies. Got arrested the other day. Oh my god. (laughs) And it's like, on one level, that's horrific. And then it's like, gee, that's a. That's an acute knowledge to go, like, I can't get my hands on anthrax. What's the nearest thing that I can do to wreck them? I'll just put some asbestos in the post. And they open it, like, asbestos fibers everywhere. (sighs) That's pretty hectic. That's right. Oh, found it. Okay. The word habit comes from the old French habit, meaning clothing. Originally referred to the ecclesiastical, ecclesiastical attire, as in the nun's habit, but came to mean outfit for specific purposes. Writing habits have always taken cues from male dress throughout the centuries. Examining examples from the Victorian times doesn't veer from the practice. Okay. So it's just my writing shit. Yeah. Petition yeah. to start calling the superhero outfits a habit. <laughs> Honey, where's my super habit? <laughs> hero. I feel like hero habit works very hero well. Hero habit. Hero habit instead of super suit. Hero <laughs> habit. That's my hero habit. <laughs> you tell me where my habit is, woman. <laughs> Why do you need to know? <laughs> Classic. No capes on a habit. <laughs> Mary finds out, finds out that Robert doesn't intend to fight the entail and tells Cora that Matthew is very full of himself, which, to be fair, at this point, he really is. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty arrogant. Yeah, he's going in with his ego at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's all he's got, right? Because he's yeah. got to show up against the upper level, so he's yeah. going to go in to be as him as he can be to make himself feel more comfortable. That's true. I guess it'd be quite an out of yeah fish out of water sort of situation, <laughs> and he's trying to like be like, no, I will stay true to myself. Yeah, because fuck everyone in the process. This isn't a comedy show that he has to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Isabel asks Violet what they should call each other, which Violet answers with. Mrs. Crawley and Lady Grantham <laughs> setting the rivalry off to an excellent start. Hey, do you want to be mates? Yeah, nah. <laughs> She's like, I will not associate with you. Over dinner, they discuss what Isabel might be interested in the local hospital, and Matthew says he's gotten a job at the law firm in Ripon. Robert is obviously put off by this. Because how can you have an heir to an elder that has a day job? But it's not even it's not even that, it's that um there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of stuff that goes into being the Earl and I want to like walk you through this with me so that so that you know what you're what's expected of you when you're when you're here because there's a lot of people <laughs> who depend on this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I'll just go down the village. <laughs> I must be occupied. Especially on I could just do it on the weekend. How hard is it to do it on the weekend? Which he does say, and then Violet asks what a weekend is. <laughs> Which, you know, is probably perfectly valid, because if you've been... If like, you've never been employed, you yeah. might have a weekend to look forward to. Yeah, and she probably would have no concept of a weekend, obviously, because... Sunday is the church day, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. She wouldn't be, like... um. It would be in... Mondays. (laughs) I hate Mondays. (sighs) Or maybe Monday is the day that she has to go and put up with a a, um, friend that she doesn't like. (laughs) 
that's true. Putting off his day. Yeah. There's, around this point, I was looking at, you know, inheriting pow- inherited power is not a good system of government by any means, but when that's the system that you're working in, Matthew is kind of being a super tosser at the moment. <laughs> like, just take five minutes to learn about your responsibilities to the hundreds of people whose homes you will own one day. Yeah, and, like, also the, like... The caretaker side of it as well, because a lot of like obviously they've got like the tenant farms and all those sorts of things where like people are renting the land and yeah. all that sort of stuff, and like there's lots of intricate things. Yeah, there's a lot of things that he is he's going to be responsible for, and he's like, I'm going to immediately start a job somewhere else. <laughs> well, that's all he's known though, yeah. and I presume because you know when you think of someone that lives with a lot of money, you presume like oh they just don't do anything all day and just watch it roll in, which mm. isn't. Always true. Yeah. And not in this case, but that might be that might have been is that the attitude. Yeah, I think yeah. as well at the time there would have probably been a lot of the peerage that to that point they were probably like, you know, I have all of this money behind me. All of my, you know, predecessors have taken care of that. I don't need to work and worry about that. I'm just gonna live off of my income. Which I think like there was like good peerage and bad peerage. And I think that you know, like, hopefully Lord Grantham is in the good period. Oh, he can, because because he, he actively tries. And he keeps proving that. Yeah. Yes. Through various um, situations where his mother would say, no, you don't do that. And he's like, no, nah, he's a human, I'm a human, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, m- much like Brooklyn Nine-Nine shows us, like, you know, cops that are good people. Yeah. Dalton Abbey shows us peerage that are good people. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Carson is big mad that there's a seam coming apart on William's jacket and gives him a dressing down in front of the whole staff. Thomas looks smug about it in spite of the fact that he also just got busted referring to Violet as the old lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like he's not phased by that. He's like, you know what, it's a free country, I can say what I want. Yeah, he's just, you know, pissed that he got told off. Yeah, (laughs) but he's not going to let it ruin his day. Just like, yeah. Poor William. Shake your arm. We, we do get a good um, line, like, just, just after that when Carson leaves because um, Mr. Bates says, to comfort William, even Mr. Carson wasn't born standing to attention because, you know, you know you've got to keep learning. You've, no, no, one's, no one's coming into this job knowing everything. Yeah. And Thomas just answers with, I hope not for his mother's sake, which, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice line. Yeah. Carson receives a letter that distresses him in the next scene, and we see him surreptitiously entering a local pub. The dog, oh, the dog and the duck. The dog and duck, which is a very good local reference. Yeah, there's a pretty dodgy pub in our hometown the, called the Dog and Duck. The floors are so sticky that I broke a shoe in the Dog and Duck. <laughs> That would make sense. Oh. The bottom of my high heel came off in the dock. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those places that if someone drops a glass, they've literally got like a full-time employee that it's their only job on the night to go around with a dustpan and broom and literally just pick up glass shards. But never mop. <laughs> but never mop. Because obviously you can't mop around the people dancing because that's just too much of a So you bar always used to have. You could smell the beer and the carpet. Yeah. But they've shut that now. It's going to be something new. Oh, <gasps> no! Bad. What an institution. That also reminds me of the fact that Stephen once had to touch the carpet in HQ. 
back when HQ oh, was okay. where it was. Is it because he had to run cable? Or... Yes, yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. I was like, did you get your shots? <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. go in there without a hazmat suit, to be honest. Yeah, I went once and it was when I just turned 18 and I was propositioned for uh, drugs twice. Oh, within the span of like two hours and I was like, okay, okay I'm leaving now. Were they trying to offer you drugs or were they yeah. trying to buy drugs from you? They were trying to offer me drugs and I was like, no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> and then it happened again and I was like, okay, I'm I going had, home. I had that happen at Excel. It was on uh, engineering pop crawl. So, you know, all the... Oh, like, the so, gigantic all, one. Yeah, so all the... All the reps for that popcorn were around, and they were handing out Starbursts, like, you know, just, you know, they bought hundreds of bags and just throwing them back over it, which is fine, because it's just Starburst. But um, I was in there just sitting, because I think Patrick was dancing with somebody, and I was tired. And I, didn't, I didn't like being in there, but I was in there because he was in there with somebody. Anyway, yeah. um, I was sitting on the ground, this guy and a girl come up to me, like, hey, do you have any lollies? And I'm like, yeah, I got fucking pockets of them. And I handed him one of these Starbursts, and he's like, yeah, nah, not those lollies. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, can I have the strawberry ones? <laughs> I went to HQ for a Nightwish concert and that's about it. <laughs> I suppose that you wouldn't notice it, the carpet too much for the concert because, you know, it's ice front and that. No, but the foyer of the place did smell of human feces, which was a thing. Oh. Like, just straight up, yeah, that was what it smelled like. And this has been local clubs. <laughs> Welcome to the local drop podcast. Yeah. We re- where we review local nightclubs and local nightclubs that no longer exist, mind you. That is true. Well, HQ still exists, but it's not in the same location. And it's completely it's, like. It? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah they put it with the crazy horse now. So you can walk from HQ straight into the crazy horse. Oh, park. can you? Yep. Oh, that's and it's also like horrible. It's also been changed the name to like the Heinley, and it's the same people that run the Mosley. Oh, and really? so they're trying to make it like really upmarket, and they've got like a nice restaurant and that. Like, yeah, but then do. like the oh. whole upper place is HQ, and I'm like, why are you trying to turn a turd into like a? Good I didn't thing? know you could walk from. HQ it's literally in. straight. Across. I knew they were next to each other. I didn't know. No, they, they they've got in, in, interconnecting doors. That's surely a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess like is there like a bouncer at that I door? Oh, there would be. How many bouncers are like lining that 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 door? I don't know. I haven't been yet. Maybe we maybe we can go on an excursion. <laughs> <laughs> it is not at all relevant. But yeah. <laughs> end, of, end of series trip. Yeah. How much is it to get in though? Because wasn't it twenty bucks to get into? one of the clubs HQ or something I don't know we'll have to look maybe we could, like I'm sure that I know someone that works there and we could get in free entry on the night that we went to the dog and duck and I broke my shoe um Hatchet did pay for all of us to get in and when my shoe broke I was like I'd like to leave and then we all left and we'd only been there about half an hour no. and he had dropped 60 bucks and it was also his birthday But we digress. We do digress quite, quite significantly. That was a good <laughs> Isabel meets Dr. Clarkson, bleh, Dr. Clarkson at the hospital. A young farmer has been admitted with dropsy. And Kayla's going to tell us about dropsy. Yeah, so I, so I, all of this, I was like, the fuck is dropsy? Okay, so dropsy is, is when... Is that like whoopsie? <laughs> no, it's... it's it's like heart failure, but what it is is that you have decreased cardiac output. 
output, but the input remains the same. So you've got back pressure on the vein system. So that's where the blood's trying to get back into the heart, but it doesn't come back out of the heart in the same, oh. same way. So you've got a backlog. So you've got high pressure in the veins and low pressure in the arteries, which is meant to be flipped around. Yeah. So when you have high pressure in the veins, what happens is a lot of the water tries to diffuse out of the blood. Which would explain why that guy looked hella swollen. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like, all of the fluid that's meant to be in your blood ends up outside of your veins and causes swelling definitely in the lower limbs but also in the pericardial sac which is basically around the heart which means that the heart then has decreased ability to be able to beat properly which exacerbates the problem and basically it's a vicious cycle. They reference that it couldn't happen to the heart or the brain and I'm horrified. No, no, no to... the liver I think it was. Oh, the liver was it? Yeah, so oh. dropsy of the liver basically, okay, they, yeah. they basically didn't have names to define things just yet. Yeah. So dropsy of the heart was obviously heart failure, mm -hmm. um, but Think dropsy was a stab wound, <laughs> <laughs> and dropsy of the liver I think would have been hepatitis. Okay, but they're not like it's not a hundred percent certain. Yeah, it's it's like how there's so many theories about what the hell the sweating sickness was, but we will never find out because it never happened again. It was exclusively happening in that specific period of England, and never again. Yeah. <laughs> But also, the funny thing is that they used to confuse dropsy with syphilis. Okay. So the way that they treated dropsy was that they used to, like, the way that they used to treat syphilis Did was they inject mer mercury into mercury. the penis. Yeah. Okay. They, used, they literally used to um, inject mercury, um, what do they call it? Mercurial diuretics. So, um... Basically, like, what, what they found out first when they started doing this was that they actually realised that, number one, the person would probably die. But before they died, they actually uh, released ridiculous amounts of urine. So they figured out that in different doses and probably in different parts of the body, mercury might actually be a possible treatment. So that was probably for about, I think it was from the 1600s they figured that out through to probably about 1920, which is when this sort of new sort of system of when, treating. When really like the thing was that syphilis made it real hard to pee and then when you died, um, all of your muscles would have relaxed and then suddenly you just pee up a lot. Pretty much. Um, but this was sort of like before they died. So yeah. just oh, before okay. they died, they would literally just like pretty much constantly be peeing. I think there was a reference to, hang on, I've got medical records up here. Um, so treatment, bloodletting. So they used to use bloodletting back in the day. Of course. Um, a staple. Yeah. Um, they used to also do selfie tubes, which is um, they used to basically put – um, tubes into the lower limbs and drain the fluid, which is what we also see um, okay. Dr. Clarkson doing up around the um, pericardial sac. Okay. Um, it also, um, they, yeah, basically, mercury, where is it? Yeah, so. Um, the patient presents with swollen legs. Yeah, like, so. It's so hard, it's like, you're Randy fucker. 
Um, the, the logic of, like, Mercury being used in medicine is just like, it's really, really cool, and we think that it's magic. So, yeah, let's choose, use it to treat it'll everything. Help, surely it'll help stuff, right? It's metal that's liquid at room temperature. Let's eat it. <laughs> Maybe yes. tell us how hot stuff is. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, this was a treatment basically until the 70s. Like, they started to use... Um, different different diuretics once they realise the mercury is a bad thing. But that was how they used to treat it pretty much up until the 70s, but they're still really unsure about um, certain things. But um, most um, of the time now it's sort of caught a bit earlier because a lot of people have a lot of regular, more regular checks. And, yeah, and we also know what we're doing a lot better. <laughs> yes, and blood pressure is one of those things that's measured quite regularly on it. Yeah. Every checkup's blood pressure, right? Every yeah. time you go in, it's like, oh, we'll just check your blood pressure. Yeah, just to be sure. Yeah. Just to see what's going on. Molesley hmm. tells Bates how Matthew's independence makes him feel ridiculous because Matthew just picks his clothes and dresses himself and Molesley just kind of stands there. Looking like a git. Yes. He's a fully functioning human being. <laughs> Violet has come to the conclusion Matthew expected and is suggesting that Mary and Matthew should marry. Robert is like, I thought you didn't like him. And it's just like, sorry, I have plenty of friends I don't like, which is just excellent, perfect dowager countess behaviour. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yes, they may be friends, but I don't have to like them. This, this whole show is just rich people being politely rude to each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When there's not plot, it's just how can, they, we, be, they how, how can we be rude to each other yeah. for 10 minutes? Thomas overhears this conversation because, of course, he does. That kid's and, fucking everywhere. Yeah, he's, he's like the... He's like the... Herpes of the thing. He's fucking everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Herpes of Downton. Anna interrogates Gwen about her package, asking about no, a secret that's not very ladylike. <laughs> She's asking if um, she has a secret admirer and jokes that Mrs. Hughes will bring the vicar around for an exorcism if that's the case. <laughs> Gwen asks how they're even supposed to get married if they're never if they're never allowed to see any men, and Anna suggests that Mrs. Hughes thinks that the stork brings them. Which I just love this entire conversation. It's great. Yeah. And then she adds that um, Thomas has already spread the news that Violet wants Mary fixed up with Matthew because he's you know, like herpes. He's spread everywhere. <laughs> yeah, spreading gossip. I'm going to call him herpes from now on. Okay. Herpes. Yeah. yeah. So instead of Barrow, he's herpes. Thomas herpes. He's <laughs> fucking everywhere. <laughs> Violet and Cora visit Crawley House for tea. Matthew considers to insist on serving his own tea and cakes, which makes everyone feel incredibly awkward. It's like, imagine if, like, you're at a restaurant and then you just got behind the bar and made yeah, your own drink. This is about the only point where it's like, yeah, like, it's a sort of a tea setting where he's more of a waiter. You don't have to be a dick here. You yeah. could, like, if he's offering you a thing, just take a thing. It's like, Matthew, have you not nice. been to a restaurant? Yeah. Like, <laughs> at this point, he's not being a service. Just being nice. Just like, would you like a thing? Uh, yeah, sure, I'd love a thing. Yeah, yeah. And then would you like, like some tea? Yeah, I'd love And some like, tea. the worst thing is as well, he's like, would you like a cup of tea? And he's like, I'll get it myself. But then proceeds also to, after he's refused a cake, just go back one. and take a cake. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. What a dick. Oh, and then with some... 
Maggie Smith's character. I'm going to be like for the first four episodes of this podcast. It's me going to be naming the actor. Yeah, Dame you know. Maggie Smith. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she's like, oh, you you've been totally like stripped of anything to do. Here's my cup. <laughs> could, you, could you take my cup? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Violet, which is that character's that name. That one. Yes. Asks Mosley if his father is pleased to have him back in the area, suggesting that Mosley had to move away for, to find work, but this position has finally allowed him to live close to home again. Just so Matthew, slowly like, just jiving. really, really driving home that, like, Matthew not wanting him around is, is going to, like, fuck up multiple people's lives. <laughs> Anna sees Carson stealing food from the pantry. Isabel examines John Drake, who is the gentleman with the dropsy, and agrees with the diagnosis, and suggests that the fluid needs to be drained from around his heart, followed by a shot of adrenaline. Dr. Dr. Clarkson is nervous about this, acting like this treatment is a fad, even though Isabel points out that she saw her husband perform the procedure nearly ten years ago. So we also get a vibe of, like, hmm. Maybe the medical standards of this hospital are, are not quite up to scratch. He's like the uh, Dick Van Dyke doctor from Scrubs. Oh, yeah. Where he, uh, he can't keep up with any of the medical advancements. He's like yeah. the nicest guy. And, but... and makes, makes JD do that really, really antiquated procedure that he fucks up because yeah. no one does it anymore and they've got a much safer way to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so with the procedure that she is actually... Uh, um, Suggesting, I actually didn't see any form of that sort of treatment apart from maybe like the Southie tubes, but they used to actually put them in in like the lower legs. But I feel like she like and her husband obviously were like, well, if that works, then maybe we can relieve the pressure from the source, mm. and that's where the thing is. But obviously, like it is being sort of discussed, like it is a recognized procedure, though. Like, yeah, like places. it has been a procedure that's been used yeah. for quite a couple, like you know, quite a number of years. But obviously, Dr. Klassen has never seen it done, mm. and is still a little bit like, who the fuck's this lady coming in and telling me what, how to do my job? Yeah. Um, I'm not comfortable with this. And then, obviously, she is like, no, but, like, it's been done. We've got to save this man. And I think, as well, that the use of adrenaline was quite a new thing Mm -hmm. because I don't think that they had um, isolated adrenaline very recently. Like, I think it would have been late 1800s that they would have done it, Um, I think, along with penicillin. But Penicillin was a bit later on, though. Yeah. But it's um, interesting. O'Brien gets caught loudly proclaiming that Servant Matthew is beneath her when Cora comes down to the servants' hall. Classic. Which, by everyone's reaction afterwards, is unprecedented or doesn't happen very often. Yeah, like they sort of see it as like the servants' hall is almost like their little safe haven and for the upstairs people to come down, it's, you know, it's knocked up. Hmm. Matthew dresses for dinner while Mosley stands by awkwardly, as we've discussed that he has to do. (laughs) He says that helping another man dress is a silly job for an adult man to have, and then apologises, but, like, that's rough, that scene. That's that's where you you start to lose his uh, mindset, where it's like, if the guy takes pride in his job, then it's a dick move just to say that it's it's a stupid job. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, as we see, there's a lot of that dressing that is quite complicated, like, yeah, can, yeah, like all the suits are fucking hard, man. They're all the ones with the 
collars all the way up with a little pointy Yeah, that you have to like, that are separate to the shirt, so you have to like button it in. The ties are weak, like, aren't. All the way up, or the little like they just yeah hang. the little bow ties. The cufflinks are separate. The cuffs yeah, might be the, separate as well, the, depending on the yeah, shirt. Yeah, the cufflinks are like built like an earring. In in like at this time period, they're not like you um, flick up that bit and stick it through, and then flick it around, and it's all like in one piece. It's like that's that's a lot to do with one hand. It is. You yeah. have to. Oh yeah, it'd be tricky. I'm trying to do it. Yeah. For our blind listeners, I'm trying to like lay my hand. And, yeah, that's. Our blind listeners. <laughs> I mean, they are blind. I think what all of them are blind to what we're doing. <laughs> well, as the ladies dress for dinner, Edith stoops through Mary's mail, and a letter is signed with the name Evelyn. We actually get two names that are have sort of fallen out of favour in modern just... times as men's names because we also get a reference to a Vivian as a man. Oh, as a man. You Vivian. At uh, school we went to, there was a Vivian. Was that? Yeah. I played football with him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not. Oh, yeah, Viv. I remember He's a Viv. model now. It's cool. What? Of course he's a model. His name is Vivian. <laughs> I do remember that kid. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it's it's not all that often that you see, that you do hear of a man named Vivian these days, though. Like, no, got... it, it was, I always thought it was like, you know, the first day I met him, I was like, yeah. You've got anyway, that guy we went to school with and the guy from The Young Ones. Yes! <laughs> I oh, thinking... I love The Young Ones. Let's do The Young Ones portion. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, when, Vivian when, McDonald is the man referenced here. Well, when I saw Evelyn, I thought of the um, Amanda Palmer and Jason... Oh, Evelyn, Evelyn. Evelyn, yeah. Evelyn. Yeah, yeah, Jason Webley. Webley, that's yeah. it. Have you seen my sister Evelyn? That's... A concept album where they are Siamese twins. One is called Eva and one is called Lynn. <laughs> Quite good. It's actually, it's actually her best album, I think. <laughs> Interesting. It's quite I good. Mean, it, it's, if, you get it, if you buy into the concept, then it's quite good. Yeah, it, but I know a lot of people that can't do that, and so they don't write it. Really yeah, much. it's also like somewhat problematic at this point, and like kind of ableist, but like it's it it was an interesting thing that they did for a while. Yeah, and they would like perform it um, uh, with like wearing one dress huh. as as the, as the thing, and they'd like be sharing the piano. Nice, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Yeah. Interesting concept. Yes. I have to look into it. It's on Spotify. Yeah. I don't have Spotify. It's on Apple Music. I don't have that. <laughs> it's on Google Play Music. It'll be on YouTube. Yeah. It'll be on something. No, actually, watch it on YouTube. They might get more ad revenue from YouTube. That's probably true. Anyway, so Vivian Vivian McDonald was brought up because he's studying law and he's he's part of the peerage. So this is um, a better match than the cousin. No, no, it's just that um, uh, Sybil is pointing out that like Mary, you're being a fucking snob. Yeah, like there's a lot of people of the peerage that are that are studying. Yeah. Law. She also mentions their cousin cousin Freddie is also studying law. So it's like you know it's in the family. Yeah, cousin. <laughs> Like, but Cousin Freddie, like, why isn't he... Oh, maybe he's on the other side of the family. But, like, you would think that, like, if cousin, if they know Cousin Freddie, surely mm. he should be inheriting, but, you know. I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe he's wife, like... A, but if it's wife's cousin, it's not, because that's the whole point. Yeah, true. <laughs> but I didn't think that they were out in 
England. No. In the new, it, could, new it could be that, like, he's just less entitled to the Maybe thing. true. Like, that he's, you know... He's, More levels down. Like, he's from a different branch of the family that they're... In, but that because he's, like, still part of the peer, like peerage, like, they know him, but they don't know yeah. Matthew. Maybe. Because... Shit's weird, y'all. <laughs> yeah, there's not that many earls. Like, there's only so many eligible bachelors you're gonna find, mm. and most of them will probably be your cousin. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> that would change the bachelor. One of these men is your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> it's your choice to figure out which. Yes, I'd watch that. Cora uh, comes into the room, ditches Edith and Sybil out so that she can float the idea to Mary of marrying Matthew, which is received with peak Mary snobbery. <laughs> and also just a real, real good look with real good eyebrows. <laughs> At dinner, Mary decides to talk Greek mythology, specifically the story of Andromeda and Perseus, in a very obvious analogy for the family, deciding that the best plan is to hook her up with Matthew. <laughs> I love it's just it's so uncomfortable in its obviousness is this the bit where I thought they had lettuce on the table yes Yes. it's the bit where you thought they had lettuce on the table is that a salad and I was like I think they're ferns it looks like salad like a good bit of rocket bits of fern honestly ferns probably taste better than rocket Oh, I won't have you say a bad word about rocket. I, I like just, rocket. Oh, no. It's, it's like peppery it's, greens. It's good. Uh, yeah. I like, it's so good. I like, like so a good baby it's spinach the... and rocket mix. Like, that's that's yeah. my jam. Love a good bit of baby spinach. I'm not a fan of rocket. No, I thought... No, <laughs> rocket's good, especially on poached eggs. Rocket on poached eggs. Mm. On toast, yeah, poached eggs, rocket, pepper. Done. Hung dinner. Done. <laughs> yeah, you lost me. Um, because you're talking to the vegan. <laughs> oh, when I lose you, toast. <laughs> oh, there's a whole story about me and toast. I will tell you guys after. Okay. Downstairs, Thomas dances with Daisy while William plays the piano, initiating Daisy's big fat crush on the gay footman. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> they dance the grizzly bear, which... Because <laughs> in the top level, it's a... Historical period drama, and then the servants' quarters, it's Three's Company. (laughs) Violet discovers that Matthew would accept a contest of the entail after all, and appears to be hatching a plan. Every time you say entail, like, I keep hearing, like, contest of the entrails, like, (laughs) there's what's left of him. (laughs) You can have it, I guess. You can use it for scrying purposes. What's a scry? Scry, uh, divination. Oh. It was like that. That was like one of the things. Oh that no, that's in one. Uh, that's in something else. Yeah, no, no, I didn't. No, <laughs> that's not played. Name things that Bishop hasn't seen. Yes, Oh my goodness! No, it's got the shitty Duke from last episode. No, no, hang on, that no Stardust is the one with uh, Robert De Niro with a dress. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. So I have I seen it. I was actually going to say Robert Downey Jr. and I'm like, no, that's not. So I have seen it. I don't remember that bit. But I have seen it in something else where they did do that. They didn't call it that, but yeah. they did it. And so then when you've now I've connected the two in my head. Was it Macbeth? No, it wasn't Macbeth. <laughs> but they, yes, they did do that in Macbeth. Mm. Thomas and O'Brien have a nice little scheming section in the back courtyard while Thomas fixes a clock. O'Brien is simply shocked that Thomas would have asked for the job Mr. Molesley has now and expresses how furious she is that she was publicly rebuked by Cora. 
we haven't had the last of this. No. This is definitely not the last of that. There is, like, there is some serious, like, just inner turmoil that is in that woman, and I don't understand why she's so snarky, but we, we will find, eventually we, find yeah, out. Yeah, we might find out. I don't know yet. All I know is that if it's the one we're thinking of, her hair is bad. Is she the one with the curls? <laughs> she, does, she does change her hair later oh, later good. on. Like, she, yeah. like the like, styles she, change and she changes. Okay, so. good. But yeah, there's it's, a lot going on. It's quite intense. Yeah, like, there's a lot of curls. At the it's like they went nice and neat, and then what can we do to jazz this up? Perm on the I know, it's horrifying. For those of you that couldn't see, Bisham literally just went perm straight across in yeah, front he, of my face. Yes, he, he put his hand like right in, right in Kate's face right then. And I just. Flipped the shit out. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Hectic. Um, it's it's kind of similar to the. It's like they've brought the look that is in every Jane Eyre. Um, yes. Like the the very fashionable. Like it's in two parts and it's all curly at the front and then very neat at the back. But they've just put that right. Party on in the, the front. front. Business at the back. <laughs> it's like the yeah. It's the it's the Edwardian. Mullet, but it's at the front. <laughs> oh, oh dear. The Edwardian mullet. <laughs> what say, yo? <laughs> Violet tells Clarkson to put an end to Isabel's meddling. Robert gets to wax poetic about Downton again when when he takes Matthew on a tour of the property with Isis the dog that might not yet be called Isis. The dog is called Isis. <laughs> oh, we said that last episode. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yes, we did go over that. Anna and Bates are alone in the servants' hall while everyone else has been given leave to see a travelling salesman who is coming to town when the doorbell rings. Oh, technical question. Yes. Are they going to bang? <laughs> <laughs> technical question. <laughs> uh, you know what? This is, this is one of your predictions. Throwing hard, they're throwing hard vibes. Yeah, this, gonna this is going to be coming right. to your... Pre-sham prediction. Pre-sham prediction. Yeah. They're going to bang. Yes. They're going to bang. They're going to bang. Okay. Interesting <laughs> prediction. Interesting, yes. <laughs> But the doorbell does ring. Yes, the doorbell rings. The mysterious sender of Carson's letters is demanding to see the Earl and pushes into the house to put himself in the library. Sybil appears dressed in her riding habit. and Which looks actually much better for riding than um, other than good eyebrows ladies. It's it's a similar... She's actually got a hard hat helmet, so that's why I was like... No, she she was wearing a top hat as well. Bullshit. We'll have to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, she was yeah. wearing a top hat. They, they, I don't know when they came out with, like, maybe this incredibly dangerous thing should be done wearing a helmet. I think it was after World War One when they were, like, had a, the leftover helmets. Oh, yeah, maybe. And they were, like, People actually... People get getting shot off the mounted cavalry. <laughs> yeah, and they're, like, hmm, maybe, like, maybe it'd be a good idea if we protected the Some head. sort of hard structure. <laughs> And even then, probably it was like, well, it just it just isn't as nice. It doesn't make the hair. It doesn't just play the hair, so we can't. So. <laughs> it's really true. <laughs> uh, but yes, Sybil uh, decides to stay in case she needs to explain the situation to Robert, establishing her her as the best of the ladies. She is so good, though. She is my favorite. Yeah. The very rude man is Charles Grigg, who used to perform in a double act with Mr. Carson, and is on the run and is blackmailing Carson with the threat of revealing the whole vaudeville act. Mm. <laughs> Robert gives Grigg $20, well, £20, 
and says that if he ever comes back for more money, he will have Brood charged with blackmail and put in prison. This is this is where, because uh, we were talking about afterwards whether I'm still bored or not, and it was like there's the, the watching the like the stakes of the blackmail. It's like that's actually not very high, but it, it might be you know, yeah. in the period and to him, and it's more of a character development. Yeah. drive than uh, yeah. like pure drama. We, we get more intense blackmail later. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is more intense blackmail. Okay, so I, yeah. okay, if, I, if it's read as a character development for everybody, then yeah. I can I can go with that. Yeah. It just didn't seem very it makes high sense, stakes it makes on sense either for side. To yeah. Be like, no, no, no one must know my secret shame. I can tap dance. And, <laughs> and Hugh Bonneville gets to be the, the good guy and not a typical lord by going like, nah, you can still be employed. We don't give a shit. And we'll, and we'll um, bully the other guy to not come back. Yeah, Carlson resigns and Robert's like, you what, mate? Like, you what? I hope there's a scene later where we actually see him do stuff, like dancing or something. Maybe not. I mean, share prediction. I mean, Grig still got it. Yes. <laughs> he, he, yes, did, he, he did does. a little... Yeah. Did a little jig. Yeah. Yes. Isabel brings the adrenaline to Clarkson, which I don't know where she got it. Like, yeah. I might take a minor de- semantics, Your Honor. <laughs> but he agrees to try and save Drake. Violet swoops in and tries to stop her, but Mrs. Drake would rather her husband have a chance at life and accept his death without doing anything. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Drake survives the procedure, and Violet has to struggle with being mad that she was ignored, but also relieved that the guy lived. <laughs> That's a complex emotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and her facial expressions in that episode, also like in that like small portion, also like were very descriptive. So yes. like there's the outrage that like she's been overthrown, and then there's like the curiosity, but also disgust about what is what they're doing, and then it's like, oh God, like she says something like, "May God have mercy," or like something like that, because she obviously sees this like horrific thing that she's probably never been witness to in her life, which is quite a uh, invasive medical procedure where they're literally putting a needle into a man's chest cavity. And then afterwards she's just like flabbergasted that it worked and that maybe, maybe that uh, Lady Isabel Isabel Crawley might have some use, but also is really pissed about it at the same time. She just wants to be right. <laughs> yeah. Does not take uh, does not take failure very well. Or being wrong. No. Matthew decides to ask Robert if he can get rid of Molesley, and Robert points out, one, it's really super unfair to Molesley to fire him for no reason, mm. and two, if Matthew fires everyone he's not used to having when he's Earl, Downton Abbey will cease to function. I, that I believe, like that's a huge house. Yeah, you, you need help. Yeah. yeah, you need staff. Yeah, <laughs> which was like a discussion that we were having last night because we were discussing the fact that um, uh, Jeff Bezos just got caught having an affair. Um, and, oh, she and, and does does not have a prenup because they got married before he started Amazon, and she's getting sixty nine billion dollars. Far out. Fall if the cards fall. Yeah, that way. but it is it is a um, uh, community property state, which means that like any like you know she she will unless he does something really really fucked up with like the legal stuff, she's getting that money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we were just like, what would they do with sixty nine billion dollars? <laughs> that is a 
fuck ton of money. Like, yeah. That's that's sort of like that's sort of money that like you and the next hundred thousand of your descendants will never have to worry about yeah. again if you invest it correctly. Like No, you don't even really have to invest it correctly. Like you can just put it in a bank account and you'll make another billion dollars by the end of the day. That is probably true. <laughs> Far out. Yeah, two percent interest on sixty nine billion dollars. <sighs> Heck is <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like completely flabbergasted about the amount of You just money. solve all the problems, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, you're like, you'd never get used to having that much money. Just keep a chunk of it for yourself, and then the rest is like, right, what what cancer do we want to eradicate today? <laughs> yeah, but that's if you're like an unselfish person and not greedy. Yeah, if you're not Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even pronouncing Bezos. I don't care, actually. No, I'll no. pronounce yeah. his name wrong. He's a scumbag. It's fine. <laughs> He's a, he's a very buff peanut, that's what I think. <laughs> Robin explains that in this terrible antiquated system, basically, that everybody, including the Earl, has a part, has a part to play. And we must be allowed to play it. <laughs> Edith decides that she's going to try marrying Matthew since Mary's not interested. Love it. That's just like, it's like, well, I've come to this decision. I'm going to marry that man. If you don't want him, I'll have him. Just sloppy seconds. That's literally like Edith, though. I love her. And hate her at the same time. (laughs) William begins to ask if he can walk Daisy down to the hall for the announcement of Isabel becoming the chairwoman of the hospital board. But she interrupts to ask if Thomas is coming. And he decides to read the room and not ask her. Matthew lets Mosley help him with his cufflinks and his coat and compliments him on the removal of a difficult mark on his sleeve and we just feel really, really good about this. <laughs> Dude, if I was in Matthew's situation, it'd be like, okay, so we, we need you to keep your job, that's fine, but don't expect me to just let you do it. I'd be, like, helping in, um, cer- in certain things. Like, like, I think, you know, like... While the Earl said it very nicely, it was very much addressing down and being like, no, mate, you need to let him do his job. Yeah. You need to give him some form of job satisfaction because he brought up his mother, you know, like feeling like she was useful and like yeah, having a part to play true. at the hospital. So he goes, you know what? Actually, that's probably valid. Maybe I should just let him do his job yeah. and yeah. I will get you. It's, nice, it's a nice moment though. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still sort of like... You know, just to help him out with the difficult things, which is basically what Bates does for... Yeah, that's true. ...or yeah. Grantham as well, so... Cufflinks and all that. Yeah, yeah like, they so still maybe, do like their maybe own some help with the tie. But like, yeah, but tie, cufflinks, and getting the jackets on. Funnily enough, um, <laughs> back in the day, um, they used to actually tailor the jackets, especially dinner jackets, so tight that they would literally not be able to get it off without the assistance of someone without ripping a seam. <laughs> wow, okay. Because you could not get your arms in the contortion that you need to be able to get it off properly oh, without having someone else to take it off for you because you couldn't get it up and over your shoulders with the with the use of your arms. Right. Have you ever seen how? Someone pointed this out to me the other day. I think it was on a uh, podcast or TV show, How Martin Sheen puts a jacket on, it's, it, it doesn't sound like anything, and then you notice that he does it for every single character, he does it the same way, where he'll, he'll pick it up on his left-hand side and then sort of throw it behind himself to put the right arm in and then throw it over his shoulders. He like, does that 
every single time that's, that's, he puts that's, a jacket on. That's like the Riker sitting down of putting on a jacket. Like, I don't know if you've watched – which Star Trek is he in? Um, I don't it's, know. Oh, it's, I'm it's, um, it's, it's the one with um, Patrick Stewart – um, as the thing. Is that next gen? Yeah, I think it's yeah. next gen. Anyway, so when he sits down, because he's freakishly tall, he's like six foot seven, um, he, instead of like sitting down like a normal person, he like puts his leg over the back of the chair and then sits down like he does like a little flourish. Oh, I think I've seen that. I think yes. I've no, You've I'm, probably seen YouTube compilations of like every time Riker sits down. Yeah, look up Martin Sheen putting a jacket on and it, it, it's the same sort of quirk. It's every character, no matter what he's playing, like Uncle Ben or the president puts the jacket on the same way and it must just be how he does it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. But we digress. Yes, and we've only got like the last moments of the show, which is um, That's good. Violet seething with rage as... Um, <laughs> Oh, but like trying, trying to look magnanimous as Isabel gets announced as the chairwoman, <laughs> and you just like there's a cut to Cora, and literally she's she's just trying to suck in her entire. She looks mouth. like she has an entire lemon in her mouth that she's trying to like just. <laughs> yeah, she's just trying so hard to hold in a giggle or a laugh. She's just like, oh my god, <laughs> this uh, is the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you're gonna have. Uh, you know, Lady Violet as a mother-in-law. Like you've got to, you've got to take the little wins. Yes. Like, and this is a little win for Cora, <laughs> definitely, one hundred percent. Bishan's predictions. So we got. Um, they're going bang. <laughs> yeah, so that's Bates and um, Anna. And Bates and Anna are going bang. And then the only other one I'm prepared to commit to is uh, Carson dances or shows a skill that he learnt on the stage at some point later okay. on. Okay, alright. Hmm. I don't think they'll give a lot of time to that because he doesn't seem to dig it as much as the other two are vibing off each other. But I would like to think it comes back as a little, like, he knows, <laughs> it. Like, he knows how to do something and they're like, how do you know how to do that? And it was, I already... You know, because I was on the stage, he knows how to do a thing. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So nothing about um, whether Edith um, succeeds in hooking up with Matthew? Or... She's just all over the shop. Oh, it might, might be, I might need a couple more before I... A couple more episodes. Yeah. I'm happy, sort of see I'm happy for the... those two at the moment, and then we'll see how we go. All right. Okay. Excellent. Interesting. Well, this has been Downton Down Under, and we hope you tune in next time. Downton Down Under is a production of Bronze Peak Media and is recorded in South Australia. Our music was written and performed by Bethany Jones. If you liked the show, please rate, review and subscribe so that others can find us. You can contact us on Twitter at Bronze Peak Media or by email at bronzepeakmedia at gmail.com. Bronze Peak Media. Oink!